Hey, welcome to PT Snacks Podcast. This is Casey Hogan, your host. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, basically what you need to know is that this podcast is meant for physical therapists and physical therapist students who are looking to basically grow your fundamentals, but in concise segments of time. Now today, we're switching things up a little bit because I have a very special guest and she's going to be talking about something that I think affects not only physical therapists and physical therapist students, but a lot of people in this world today with something called student debt. And debt is something that obviously hinders us in terms of, hey, do I have enough money to buy groceries? Or, hey, can I afford to be able to go to this conference? Or maybe have a vacation for the first time in five years, but also in the decisions that you make in order to live your life or to further your growth. Because if you're interested in pursuing something that could grow yourself or grow your career, but you don't have the incoming capital to actually get it started, that's something that gives pause. But then there's this whole question of, hey, do I do it now or should I just wait until all this debt is gone and then by that time I'm ready to retire and it's too late for me to do something that could have been a really incredible thing. So this guest that we have today is Alexis Shoup and if you don't know who she is, you definitely need to check her out on Instagram. I'm going to put her social media in the notes, but she is not only a physical therapist, um, she is one of my co-residents that I did orthopedic residency with, an incredible human being, but also managed to pay off at a substantial amount of money in a very short time and is now moving on to do bigger and better things. And so if debt is something that you are struggling with, this episode is definitely for you. So super excited for you to join in. I know it's a little bit of a longer one. It's not quite a snack, but here we have it. Alexis Shoup. Welcome to PT Snacks Podcast. This is Casey, your host. And I am here with a special guest today, Alexis Shoup, who, if you don't already know, you should definitely check out her stuff. We're going to give her a shout out at the end. But she is here to talk about something that is extremely important for not just physical therapists, but all people. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. Um, Alexis, go ahead and take it away. All right. So as you said, my name is Alexis Shoup. Casey and I were actually co-residents in orthopedic residency a few years back, um, and I am a physical therapist just like Casey, and so I live in the Houston area, and my husband and I, we've been married for a little over two years and basically made the decision that a little bit before we got married, but once we got married, that we wanted to pay off all of my student loans as quickly as possible, and so that is what I'm going to share a little bit on today. Sweet. Yes. Tell us a little bit about like where your journey began. Sure. Okay. So I went to Northwestern University and that is not a cheap school. (laughs) So long story short, um, I knew that going Northwestern was going to result in a lot of loans from the beginning. So it wasn't like I was blindsided by that. I knew the decision I was making. And so basically I was given from my dad, which was a blessing, a certain amount of money to live off of it essentially. Mm-hmm. And I had that to live off of. And then the rest was kind of up to me. So it started in PT school. I didn't really, I kind of always had a foundation and like budgeting and things like that. My dad taught me a lot, even in like high school and college. Yeah. Um, but I knew I was going to have X amount of dollars and then the rest I was going to have to figure out. And so 
basically when I was in PT school, um, one way that I tried to avoid just letting the loans continue to pile up and pile up was I had a separate account. So not my normal checking and debit account, a separate account that the loans went into each month when they were received. Um, and I would only use that for tuition. So basically the money that I had outside of that, I lived off of, um, and I was like a little student worker, which is, I don't know if they have it at all universities, but at Northwestern, they let us do like little random jobs for like no money, but it was something. So I did that. Um, and I also did personal training on the side. And so that's kind of where I started. So when I was in PT school, I didn't let myself spend a ton of money. Um, and I didn't buy a bunch of things here and there because I knew that this the loans that just kind of float in the air, float in the sky, eventually would be something that I would have to pay off. So that's kind of how it started. Um, And then I did that for basically the three years of PT school. And then basically my whole story, I just felt like the Lord was calling me to residency Mm -hmm. and that was not on my radar initially. (laughs) And so as most of you may know, residency is not the same salary as is like a normal job when you finish PT school. And so I was taking an additional pay cut, but that's what I felt like the Lord had called me to do. And so, um, during my residency year, this is all while I'm still single. So this is just my income. Um, so during my residency year, I still was pretty, uh, limited on what I would allow myself to do. And it wasn't that I wasn't enjoying life. It wasn't that I was never eating out or going to things with friends. I was just mindful of cooking every single week and not driving my car all over the place unnecessarily, like going for a drive when I could go for a walk, which is free Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. And so during residency, I was able to give myself a little more slack because I had an income, um, but still was being mindful of all those things. And then I was currently at that point dating Greg, but we were not married or anything like that. So our finances are still separate. And so, um, and then that changed kind of once we were married, we had two incomes to help with paying off debt, but that's kind of the background of how it initially started. And then the rest of the story, I can tell you guys. eventually. Yeah. So when you had the separate bank account, was that mm-hmm. like more so just to help you psychologically and like, Hey, this yes. Yeah. This doesn't belong to me. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, I purposely did that um, because I did not want to see that in my, my account. Like it really isn't your money. And so when you, when you have it inserted into your account and it's a lot of money, of course it feels like yours or it feels at least temporary. Like, Oh, I I can afford Mm -hmm. to get this pair of leggings or I can afford to go on this trip. Um, and let's say, again, I don't think you should never travel and never do anything when you have debt, but I didn't need to be taking really extravagant or fancy trips at that moment in my life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it was really just to separate it so that I wouldn't be tempted to use it any more than just for tuition. Yeah, no, I think that like, that brings up a good point too, because you're right. When you see a big number in your bank account, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then yeah, especially if budgeting is not your strong point, knowing how much money in there is already designated for something that's right. important, like your tuition right. is going to take time um, or you're just not going to do it. And that causes stress too. Cause I think there's like a whole psychological aspect of having right. debt to where you're not able to have peace of mind. And then also right. you're in a super stressful part of your life where you're just trying to pass 
and make it through and everybody's stress that's around you too. Um, right. So I, I haven't heard of that before, but I like that because it one less thing for you to think about too. Well, another thing too, um, and again, I don't know if this is the same everywhere, but at least in Northwestern. So you're given X amount of dollars for loans, let's say it's at the beginning of the semester in August. And then um, they give you a huge amount. So they give you way more than you need. And then you have a certain date that you, so you can take all of it. Let's I'll make this up. Let's say it's $10,000. Yeah. You can take all of it. And let's say your tuition is only four, only four for that semester. As long as you return whatever you did not use by a certain date, you will have no interest from that extra bit. So you can actually take more than you need so that if there was an emergency or if there is a reason you actually have to use it, it's there, but you have to return it by a certain date so that you, it's no longer in your name and you don't have any interest accumulating on the part you actually ended up taking. So that's another strategy that I use. So I basically would take the whole thing just, just in case, and it was way more than you would usually ever need. Mm-hmm. And then I would return it by that date so that I didn't have any penalty for having that in my account at all. So that's another thing that I did too. Oh yeah. That's really neat. Um, and you mentioned too, like you were talking about, Hey, I didn't need to go on extravagant, extravagant trips during this time Yeah. Um, for people who are in PT school. Did that change what you did in your free time? Like what kind of things did you do to take a step back, enjoy yourself? And stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I had a really good friend and we both kind of were on the same uh, path and mission. As far as loans go, we didn't want that to consume us for 40 more years down the road. And so that was helpful <laughs> because we both kind of did things uh, on the same page, but like one thing we would do was let's say a bunch of people wanted to go out to dinner. Sometimes we would just honestly eat dinner before we went and then we wouldn't have to pay for a meal. Now, again, it wasn't every single time, but like, let's say that that month I had done more than I intended to. So that was one way that we could strategize to still hang out with everyone, but we didn't have to actually eat dinner out or we eat dinner before, maybe we get an appetizer or just get a drink or something like that. So it wasn't as expensive. Um, another thing was that a lot of the times that we would do little trips in PT school. And if you're a PT student, you know that there aren't that many downtimes to do this anyway. So yeah, that helped. True. Um, but if we did, it would be like going to someone's house that lived in a different area, right? So you can just still get to travel, get to hang out with other, other uh, friends and family and stuff, but it's not necessarily just going home. So that's what we did a lot to like allow us to have breaks, but it wasn't necessarily like anything extravagant at that point. Yeah, no, I like that. Because I think that you, a lot of times when you spend money, it's for the experience or for a certain vibe that like you're going to a restaurant or something. Um, But, you know, I think if you're in touch with yourself enough to know like, okay, what do I really want out of this? Do I want just going somewhere new, like where I can go to a park or something like that, which in Houston, that's like certain times a year because you're going to sweat like crazy. But or is it more of, I need to change my scenery? Like I know for us in PT school, we would all carpool together and like go float the river or something like that. Yeah. Cause it's outdoors. It's free. We had an absolute blast. And then yeah. we drove back later and like, right. was it inconvenient? Yeah. But also you recognize in that time of your life, you're not really going to be balling out because you're right. like, I don't have a paycheck too. Right. Um, in terms of like working during PT school, how did you go about pursuing that option? Yeah. So within PT school, like I said, we had what they called student workers. And so um, 
I think it was pretty simple. They just sent out a couple emails asking like, Hey, if anyone's interested in this, you just apply through this. This is what it contains. And it was, what was really cool, at least at Northwestern is it was super flexible. So if they had a job, they were like five of us who were student workers, they would send it to us five and whoever wanted it could take it. So it's just based off if you had the availability and if you had the time at that moment. Um, And they were very small, mindless jobs. So it wasn't something that was like super, super difficult or anything like that. It'd be like, helping to organize this or helping to organize that <laughs> or setting up at Northwestern. We we're in a high rise. And so we would have to like reconfigure some of the rooms every once in a while. So we would be the ones to do that. So I might have to get to school 30 to 30 minutes to 60 minutes an hour or so before um, and help configure the rooms. And then I get paid for that. So that was what I did. I think I did that both my first and second year. Our third year was all clinical. So we're not even in class our third year. Mm-hmm. And then my second year, so first year for Northwestern is way heavy, like a lot of volume yeah. and they kind of ease it out over time. Um, and so my second year, I just had more time and this opportunity was just super cool. Um, one of a guy who had graduated a couple years before me, he had started his own personal training company oh. and in Chicago, um, all the high rises have gyms. And so he basically formed all these relationships with different apartment buildings so that he could go and train within different buildings where people lived. Oh, wow. Literally genius. Such a genius strategy. Yeah. And so his goal was specifically to hire PT students. So he wanted to help PT students, but he also knew that our education was going to be a little bit more at that point. Yeah. Um, And that was based off how many hours I wanted. So I just told him like, Hey, and it was pretty small. I did like maybe five or seven hours a week. It wasn't a lot, but there was a lot of potential to make good money in that. And I had the flexibility and the patients and clients were willing to work around my schedule if they could. So those were the two main things that I did. Yeah. I love that because you're using something that you already have expertise in. Right. Because like training, like I did personal training before PT right. school. And I mean, you can get a nationally certified training like right. certificate, or you can get something online. It, like people don't really know what you have, but right. to have someone who's going through physical therapy school and be able to use that, set up your own hours. Usually people are training before or after work. So it's before right. or after class. Right. Um, so that's, yeah, that's really awesome. And then in, like, student teaching. I'm pretty sure Texas women's had that too, Really, but you know, we had a lot of people who were commuting from afar. So they would be at school all day long and to do something where you're just setting up a room really quick, if it helps you to pay for like a night out or like, you know, um, groceries (laughs) somehow. Yeah. I think that's awesome. A lot of that too. Like the money I made from that I let myself do things with. So I was already being pretty um, disciplined in other areas. And so that money would be like, okay, I'm going to buy this pair of leggings or shorts for five months. Yeah. So I'm going to buy them now, you know? So that money I let myself have fun with, but that was stuff I had earned, right? It wasn't just the money that just gets put into my bank account every semester just because I signed up to receive X amount of dollars, whatever. So I did let use that a lot of times to do more of the fun things as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What about like, did you ever go to conferences or like other events outside of PT school? Yeah. When I was in PT school or after? Um, like during PT school. During. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. Northwestern would pay for us to get to go to CSM. Um, nice. Both years. We had to pay for our flights, uh, but they would pay for the actual like conference fee. 
Um, so that was really nice. So I went to that both years. And then um, as far as outside of that, I wouldn't say like as a student, I did a lot of continuing education. Um, it was more so just like the typical studying and learning and that conference um, each year. And then honestly, a lot of the personal training was like practical application of what I was learning. So I was getting to build relationships, learn how to actually create a treatment plan in a sense. It wasn't necessarily dealing with pain, um, but I would say that is kind of more of where I uh, got to apply some of it on the side. Yeah. No, I think that's cool. Cause I know like when I was in PT school, that was a huge fact is like, do I yeah. have money for this? Right. And I know that like a lot of PT schools have some sort of scholarship fund for mm-hmm. get, like students in need. Mm-hmm. Um, but even there's conference rates for students that right. are way cheaper too. Honestly, like right. that was the most affordable time I <laughs> that right. going to conferences. Right. And it's so valuable for being able to connect to future employers or right. being aware of what all is out there to right. like see where you want to end up in your career too. So that's and cool. even for those things, it's like you know they're coming, right? So conferences don't just pop up out of nowhere. So you can <laughs> yeah. plan for that. So if that's something you do want to go to, then you can make sure that you you put aside money for that, or you're willing to let yourself go to those things here and there versus let's say just going and to the movies every single weekend that you may not need to do and may not have right. a longer term benefit. Yeah, absolutely. I love that because it's it just seems like okay, like plan ahead as much as you can. Right. Make sure that you're aware of how much money is there. And then also if you need a little extra help, try and use your strengths to the best of your abilities. Like right. In PT school, I, I did babysitting on the side because yep. I have to use my jobs. Yeah. And it's also like, all right, I'm going to play around with these kids and then they're going to yeah. go to bed and then I'm going to study. Right. Um, but I can also like turn down a job if I have an anatomy practical right. like, that Monday or something. Right. So yeah, I think there's a lot of options out there. Tell me more about like residency and, and life when you actually had a paycheck. How did sure. that change? Yeah. So most, for most people after PT school, your loans don't really like actually go into play for six months. So I graduated in April and then I was starting residency in August. So I had four months to do nothing, which is like (laughs) the only time I'll probably have four months to do nothing ever again. Yeah. Um, So my loans didn't come into play until like October. um, But I'd already started uh, residency at that point. So I knew that I wanted I knew I wanted to pay off the loans quickly, relatively speaking. But what they often say is like, oh, people pay them off in like 10 years. Some people pay them off in 15 years. Some people pay them off in 20 years. Some people have them forever. Um, But you don't necessarily think much about that. And so I guess to give a little backstory, they did at Northwestern give us like one one or two hour class that went over loans a little bit more in detail. Like what happens yeah. when these imaginary things in the sky become really an actual number? <laughs> it was real life. Off. Yeah, you, you actually took all this money, you'd pay back. Yeah. Um, so they really, they gave us some good information, but like, I just had a lot of questions. And I was like, what do I do? Like blah, blah. Yeah. So one big thing I think to kind of, and they'll share more about how I managed it in residency and stuff was like, knowing one that you can pay off faster, right? It is an option. People don't talk about the fact that it's an option. And of course, you know, it is like that makes sense, but people don't talk about, okay, if you want to pay it off in five years and four years and three years, like this is what you do. Yeah. So when I was about to go to residency, I have a good friend and we were just talking about like finances in general. And she really just challenged me. um, Like, why don't you pay it off faster than 10? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, 
I guess I would <laughs> like to, I haven't really thought about it. And she had kind of shared her and her husband had done a similar thing and they became debt free before us and all this stuff. And so I was like, yeah, okay, why not? Why would, if, if I can and not live off rice and beans, which some people do, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to go to that extreme personally. Um, can I do that? And so for me, my faith is a huge part of my life. And so I just started like kind of praying about that and like asking the Lord, like, okay, what, what would that look like? Like, can I do that? And so this is before I had really opened that conversation with Greg. Um, I think at this, Greg and I might've been dating for a few months at this point. So yeah. So I just then started to be like, yeah, okay. I could probably do that in like five years. Like why not? Um, and even if I, even if I would have been single, you can still pay it off faster. And so a lot of like, when I've shared this story and shared on Instagram and things like that, a lot of people are like, well, but I'm single. I'm like, you can still do it. Like, yes, we had two incomes. So it did make it faster. 100%. And Greg is incredibly selfless to be willing to do this with me when he didn't have any of the loans. So like you can still do it. And so anyway, when I got to residency, I knew that my salary was going to be less um, than a normal salary, mm-hmm. but I also knew it was going to be substantially more than I just made the last three years of PT school. Then yeah, so, <laughs> almost zero. Way more. Yeah. So you obviously you have like rent, you have uh, potentially I did at this time have a car payment, car insurance, all that kind of stuff. Um, so you you just have to budget. So when I got to residency, and I budgeted in PT school, but it wasn't like I had an income, so it was kind of almost more tracking. I didn't actually stick to a budget and that's something I had to learn. So I would track, but I wouldn't actually budget. Uh, So then when I got to being a resident, I had an income. So now I'm budgeting. Like I'm not going to go over this amount instead of being like, Oh, look, it's the end of the month. What did I spend? You know? Yeah. And that's kind of what I did. Um, Yeah, exactly. So when I got to residency, I knew like, okay, this amount for this item, this amount for this item. I know for sure what my rent is. I know what my car payment is. I know what my car insurance is. I know roughly what I'll spend on gas. And so I would do whatever I could, anything I had over that basically, and put it directly into loans. So a lot of people share basically that when you get paid, whether that's twice a month, every week, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, to immediately pay off the things you have to, right? So your rent, all that kind of stuff, and then immediately pay your loans instead of letting that amount just kind of sit again in your (laughs) bank account. Now this is money you've earned. So this is different than the loans that were coming in previously when I was a student, but it's still money that I have to pay back. And so if my mission is paid off quickly, I just immediately would turn around and pay that off to loans. So that's kind of like how my mindset uh, changed and the approach changed as I actually started making an income and residency. Right. Ah, I like that because it's like, it's the same thing. You're not distracted by that big number in your bank account. Yeah. It's like, Hey, this doesn't belong to me. It has a role. Why don't I just stop looking at that? Cause like it hurts. Yeah, It it physically hurts when you're like, I am going to just watch that go down by a big chunk of money. Yeah. And then just to not even allow yourself to, you know, have that to make you feel good. But the reality of the situation is, oh, I have this much. It really helps you to zero in on what is important to me that I want to spend right. money on versus not. Because right. everybody's values are going to change too. And what they right. like, some people it's like, I don't care if I buy new clothes for the next five years, right. but I want to see the world. And for right. some people it's like, you know what? I love technology and right. that's important to me. I don't really care about going out to eat or say, you know, like it all depends on like what your individual motivation is too. Yeah. 
And also at this point, I guess this is important to say. So if you are someone who's listening, who has a desire to pay your loans off quicker, Mm -hmm. the number one thing to do is to come up with a plan, right? Actually lay it all out. So, um, at the beginning of residency, when I knew like my grand total of (laughs) loans, um, and my car payment, I saw, okay, with my income, this, this is how long it'll take. And I knew my income was going to change because residency isn't only for the year. Um, but I knew a goal. So then we reevaluated when we got married. Okay. We have two incomes now. This is how much we, we can pull from, and this is how much debt is left. So if you don't do that, it's not, it is, it's, it's painful to watch the money just disappear. Um, but if you do that and you know what you're working toward, it actually becomes fun. Like you get to literally see it drop when you stay consistent with it. And so one of the things that Greg and I did like probably right before we got married, which was towards the end of residency, for those who don't know, um, we created like a huge debt thermometer. So we put it at like what our grand total was at that time. So at that point, um, I had paid off some and then because Greg is just the way that Greg is, he had a good amount of savings um, and we took part of that to pay off a bigger chunk. So like that brought it down some. So when we, right before we got married, I think we had $143,000 or something like that, which is Northwestern again, is crazy. Great (laughs) school, super expensive. Um, And so we now had, okay, this is what we have to pay off. This is what we can pull from and we can do it in X amount of months. So if you can lay that out, obviously your jobs could change. Things may right. may uh, shift, but if you can have the vision for what you're doing and actually know what you're working towards, instead of just, okay, I'm going to put $20 more, I'm going to put hundred dollars more. That feels like nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, especially when the loan is that high, it was so easy to be like, oh, I made this extra hundred dollars. That doesn't do anything. That's like a penny. Right. Yeah. But knowing that like that would continue to build and then we would throw bigger chunks at it. And then when we actually established how much we're going to pay off each month, then it was fun because you actually saw it change. You actually could make progress as you went. Oh, that's So that was super important as well. I love that you guys made a thermometer, like the old school, like, (laughs) yeah. That is and awesome. so we literally would like, when we would uh, pay off a little bit at a time, as I was sharing this on Instagram, like we would film it, like me filling yes. it in and people were like encouraged by it. So that's just another thing is yeah. encouraging you, but you can encourage others with what you're doing too, because people don't oh, talk about yeah. debt enough. Yeah. So. We are so visual as people yeah. that having that, I, I love what you said about you, like you have to have a plan and that seems obvious when you say it out loud, right? but when, especially if you're in a career that you spend more of your time learning about the human body rather than like, how does business work? How does money work? We don't know what we're doing essentially a lot of times when it comes to that. And it's so important because we're, that's a part of our everyday lives, whether we want it to be or not. And so if you don't have a plan that, that money leaving your account just feels like you're literally going outside of your house and just (laughs) throwing it out into the, like, into the wind, like, Oh, there it goes. And you, and you're like, I don't know where that's going, but it's yeah. going somewhere. I just know that I can't use it. It versus, oh, I have a plan. I have a thermometer right. and I'm right. watching it. Like it feels productive and it's right. encouraging. So right. I love that. That's awesome. Another thing like to go kind of <clears throat> hand in hand with the thermometer was we set like at when we paid off 20% from that total. So we paid off 20% and we paid off 
40%, we paid off 50%, we set kind of percentages, we would get like little rewards. So it wasn't anything crazy, but the rewards would get better as we went. So like the first one, um, I think was like a fancy dinner. So we spent like a hundred dollars on a dinner. Okay. We were only spending probably like 40 bucks on a dinner before that. Um, so that was a bigger deal or something. And then I think another one was like a pair of Lulu leggings, <laughs> like a pair of Lululemon leggings. I'm such a good um, theme. You really like your leggings. <laughs> I mean, workout clothes all day. Yeah, um, for sure. And then like later it was like a weekend trip to Austin. So we could stay yeah. not somewhere crazy, but stay somewhere yeah. cute and fun. Like rewarding ourselves along the way, not being afraid to like live still, but mm-hmm. also knowing that like, so much so many people just want to live in the moment they want right now all the time and that is important right because we're not promised tomorrow but at the same time like if you do things now it i promise now be on the other side it will bring so much more freedom like the amount of financial freedom you get when you don't have that it's crazy like you can you just you don't even think about it and you're able to make decisions that i would never have made a year ago So I, so not only did you set a goal of like, okay, overall I'm going to be debt-free, which is incredible, but you also made each reward better and better so that Mm -hmm. you like always have something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. I I think that's genius. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. As we got closer to the end, (laughs) we'd be like, we're just going to do it now and not wait. It gets a little slippery, Yeah, but you're closer to the end. So it's not as big of a deal, but it was really helpful to be like, okay, like, I really would like to do this. I really would like to do that. And we're close to it. And so you had more that you're reaching towards all the time. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was super helpful. Did you ever read The Power of Moments? Yeah. Yeah. So like it talks about in there about like leveling up, like mm-hmm. how psychologically having like a, oh, I made it to the next level. Like I made it to the next level that has such an impact on your just emotional state of sure. oh I'm making progress and not just right. like debt paying that off but like any aspect of growth mm-hmm. where you have a huge long-term goal and yeah. you're trying to get there I mean that's yeah. why like like can you imagine I, I don't play video games personally um, <laughs> I'm horrible at them but like there's a reason why they're addictive because like like imagine if the only reward you got was just completing the game right versus I'm told, I mean, there's like levels like you, where you have right. to like beat a certain challenge and then you get up to the next one and you right. level up. Then, then once you beat one, it's like addicting. So it helps yep. build up that momentum to where you're like, all right, now I'm yeah. rolling. I'm almost to the done, like, yeah. to be to the end. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, for sure. Done. I, I think I'm I made done. up a phrase, but whatever. <laughs> all good. I do that all the time. You can, you can say it at the end, at the end of every <laughs> single podcast. <laughs> to the done. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make it a catchphrase. No, yeah. I don't think it'll actually catch. It's just going to be yeah. a phrase that is a caseism, right. but it's all right. good. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah. So the other, and another like to go with that is also telling people about it. So yeah. because of Instagram, I had a platform I could share it with, which is super mm-hmm. cool. Um, but we also told people like our close friends and family too, because there are going to be people who will say like, why are you doing that? You don't need to do that. You're wasting your sure. time. And it can be because one, they just have different values, which is fine. Not everyone has to make the same decision Mm -hmm. or two, there can be also some people who 
maybe they realize that's what they should be doing and they're not doing it. And so it's kind of the same with like, when you decide to eat healthier, when you decide to be consistent in your workout routine, there are going to be people who are going to say things and make little jabs here and there. So if you have a community of people that are backing you up, even if it's one person, like Greg and I ran it together. So we already were a team, but let's say that you're not married and you can still do this. If you're not married, um, (laughs) having a few people that know that can really encourage you along the way is huge because there will be the people who will just be like, I don't get it. I don't know why you're doing that. And I had close friends who said things like that and that's okay. But Mm -hmm. it was, it was the decision we made. It was the conviction we had just in, we really believing that like the Lord wants freedom in all things. And one of those being our finances. And so we just knew that if it was what we're doing and people were going to say what they wanted, but it was going to be the decision that we made. And it's funny because all the people who said things maybe opposing what we were doing hundred uh-huh. percent congratulated us, right? Everyone wants to yeah. be a cheerleader at the end. They may not oh, want to be sure. a cheerleader during, but they mm-hmm. always want to be a cheerleader at the end. So having that circle of people to really walk along with you is also incredibly helpful too. Yes. Accountability is such a real thing. Yeah. And I think that like, there is something to that for sure. Like, I mean, obviously there's going to be people who see what you're doing and they're either like you said they don't care or like that makes them feel a certain type of way because they're like I right. should be doing that but maybe right. like, I've failed and I don't want someone right. else to remind me that I've been failing myself. Right. Versus like having that accountability that helps building up your team and being around people who help to build you up and point you towards right. that. Now that you've stayed strong those other people that are feeling bad they're like oh maybe it can be done. Right. You're, you have a chance to even turn that into something good to where you're able to encourage right. them. Hey, I did it. You can do it. Right. Another option that's out there. You don't right. have to wait until 10 years or like right. hope for a loan forgiveness. Like, right. It's like that for me is kind of scary. Right. 10 years is a long time. What if long time. Teach? you know, yeah. what if that program no longer exists? You can't hang your hat on it. Right. I love that. And Thank you'll you. end up paying it back some way anyway. If yes. that happens, it's probably gonna end up affecting all of us at some in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And that like speaking to that is like the number one question. So as I share, we were sharing this all along on Instagram. And so when I actually finally said we paid it off and all that kind of stuff, the number one question was how did you do it? And it was like yeah. everybody wanted similar with pain, right? When we deal with pain all the time, everyone wants like, well, how do I become pain-free? And they want this like <laughs> this pill. Yeah, this one case. exercise, one time, <laughs> do the exercise one time, you know, yeah. <laughs> everyone wants the quick fix and their the strategy was not complicated. Like how we did it was we made a plan. We literally had to lay out all of our money, all of our debt, decide, yeah. okay, how are we going to do it? We had to stick to the plan and we had to budget accordingly. And so you have, it's really, that's all it is. There's nothing, there's nothing crazy. COVID obviously made it so we didn't travel as much. So that yeah. helped, right? Even, yeah. even the temptation to travel was kind of cut, cut out. And so I will say that made it easier. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but when COVID first came, we're like, okay, well, we don't know what's going to happen. And so we have to, we did actually wait and hold back a little bit on loans. We kept it in a savings account, didn't touch it just in case something were to happen. Um, but I don't think you should look like that all the time. COVID, you know, was extreme. We just really didn't know what was going to happen, but then we just did a bigger chunk the next time we paid. And so, that's the number one thing was just how did you do it? And really it's, it's not complicated, just like building muscle isn't complicated, right? You go, you lift weight, you lift heavy weight over time, mm-hmm. you stay consistent. So you go, you stick to your plan, you pay off the debt and you stay consistent. So 
it's not complicated. And so that was like the biggest thing I wanted to encourage people with was like, I'm no different than anyone else. I, maybe I had the, maybe I had a desire earlier, which of course gives you an advantage, but like, I'm not different than anyone else. Like I said no to several things. We meal prep every single week, like consistently even eat out one. We only ate out like once a week max for a long period of time. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't expensive and eating out is like, I love food. So that that was a much (laughs) higher priority. I didn't care about clothes. I've never really cared about clothes. So food was definitely a bigger deal. Um, but let's say, let's say it's clothes for you. Like, okay, then you buy one thing a month. If you used to buy 50, you used to buy 10, you know, like you do have to put restrictions. You get rid of certain subscriptions that are just sitting there that you're not using. Like those little things add up. So the, the method, the plan of execution was not complicated. It was just the consistency in doing it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to, um, Nicole, which like for you guys that don't know, she was another, um, she was a sports resident when we were orthopedic residents. Um, and we were talking about just like healthy living because for a lot of people, you get frustrated after two weeks of eating clean and you don't see any results, but two weeks is not enough time. Whereas like a lot of us who are focused more on just healthy living, your mindset is already adjusted to that. This is going to be a long road and this is going to take time. And there's going to be days where I don't feel like eating healthy. And if I misstep a little bit, it's not the end of the world, but I'm going to get back on track because I have that end goal in my mind of what I'm going towards. But if your mindset is more so on, Hey, I'm going to get ripped in 30 days, or I'm going to pay off debt in like one year, like, well, if you can do that, great. But like, right. what is that your like long-term goal right. like, based off of what it works for you? Or is it just something that, oh, it just felt right. Uh, it seems like a good slogan. Um, but actually I didn't really do enough information, like research right. on what I can do. And I feel like I'm slowly dying inside every day. Yeah. That's not really encouraging for a long-term goal. So I think mindset is such a huge portion of that. Yeah, for but, sure. For you guys, did you ever hit any roadblocks along the way where like something came up, car broke down, that kind of thing? Yeah. So we had a couple of things that were almost always related to Greg's car. <laughs> oh, um, they, yeah. So what we did in those times there, I don't know how much it was. It, and because we were doing it quickly, um, it didn't impact us greatly. It probably set us back it probably set us back a month or two in the grand scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we just found ways to basically pick those months back up um, over time. And so, yeah. yeah, there were just a couple of times where um, his car had issues and it was kind of something that obviously we had to take care of. Mm-hmm. And so in that we would do one of two things. <clears throat> we would either pay less two loans that month to make sure we could cover that. And we did have some savings. So some people, you know, I, like Dave Ramsey, I think his mindset is good. And I think he's good for the person who's incredibly not disciplined. And I think that is totally needed for a lot of people. Greg and I are pretty disciplined people. (laughs) So we didn't really need that extreme of some of what he does. So we did have somewhat of a savings where he would say to only have a thousand dollars. So we would just pull from that. And then we would decide, okay, we do we pull from that or do we pull from the loans? And a lot of the times we were able to it kind of varied, I guess we pull one or the other, and then we would fill it back in as we could with like side things, um, side jobs or with 
Greg, his job is a huge blessing that he gets bonuses here and there. And so that, that was never uh, taken into account for like us paying off the debt. That was just an additional blessing or honestly, sometimes Christmas money we would use for some of those things, but like my dad would never, he was like, I'm not giving you any Christmas money unless you promise me you're not putting on debt. So like, you know, we tried to be good about that too, but our timeline was short. It was, I know that it was short compared to a lot of people. And so, um, it was easier knowing that like our road wasn't super long that we could just, we could suck it up for this month, work harder to make more money, that kind of thing. So if your if your timeline is longer, let's say it's like four or five years, um, which is still way better than 10. Mm -hmm. That's still, still worth it. Even if it feels long, um, you may have to, it might bump you back a month, but what's a month in the grand scheme of your life. That's not that big of a deal. Yeah. All that, that long-term vision too. Yeah. And of course, like things are bound to happen in life. Right. We unfortunately do not control things. Um, right. But I think that like knowing that those roadblocks are going to happen kind of help you yeah. to be a little bit less um, emotionally unsettled when that does right. happen. So right. How now that you guys are done, like, I, I think that's awesome. Like, congratulations, yeah. by the way, because that's a huge Thank feat. You. Yeah. Um, but like. During that time when you guys were paying off, you had the thermometer. Mm-hmm. Um, did that affect any decisions that you had towards like personal growth or business or things like that? Yeah. Um, well, I guess this is more so like personal life than it is personal growth. So we were not even going to consider buying a house. So Greg and I are 28. That's not very old, but it's also old enough that people are getting homes at this point. Yeah. Um, so that we were for sure going to be an apartment until we were debt free. That was kind of just day one decision. Um, and so that was one thing that we didn't just get the house because people around us were getting it. We didn't buy brand new cars just because people were buying them. Um, so that was one thing that we put off. And then, um, so I have a side business that's physical therapy related and um, strength related. And so that was a hard decision for a while. So that, that dream essentially started, Let's see. So we became debt free in May of this year. So a couple months ago. Um, And that probably, yeah, that probably started like a year ago or something. And so the decision of like, okay, there's not going to be a ton of money that has to be poured into it, but you have to make an LLC, things like that. So do we pay for that? Like, because that can bring more money. So that will, we kind of went back and forth for a while with that. And at the end of the day, when we, again, actually laid out the numbers, um, it was like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, this is something that's going to actually bring us more. Um, and so we ended up investing in that. So, and that returned pretty quickly. So that was, and now it's different if we were going to, you know, open something that required an actual building and required hiring people, like that's totally right. different. And yeah. again, our time was shorter. So I would say it was worth not investing in that, um, because it was, we were close, getting closer and closer to the end. So if someone's got a longer timeline, I think that's something that's just independent for each person to kind of process through, but determining is this, is this something that realistically is going to give me more? Is it a gamble? Right. And how much, what percentage am I going to have to pay towards that out of the percentage of debt that I have left? So I think weighing that is a huge part of it. So we, that probably delayed that process, like I said, for a handful of months and then finally just thought, okay, we're just good. We're just going to do it at this point. Um, And then as far as like, just like even continuing education in the PT standpoint. Um, I still, I mean, a lot of the stuff I do through Instagram kind of holds me accountable 24 seven, which is really cool. Um, but as far as formal, uh, CEUs, it was more so through, um, 
free, different options that were free. Um, and then additional things here and there, but I wasn't necessarily going to something every single month, um, or anything like that. And I think that also depends on someone's schedule. Um, but yeah, there were just a few things that we said no to because we knew that at the end of the day we could do them later, or we could do it, um, as we got closer to paying it fully off. Yeah, no, I love that. Cause I, and I like that you spoke to that, like, like your LLC too. Um, Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times I know people are scared to start something, even though it could be something like that, where it does generate later. Cause they're like, right. I feel guilty about this. I'm, I haven't paid it all off, but if it's like a five, 10 year road, then like, is that how long I have to wait until I'm able to do this or investing it? Like things like that, right. Where I think, you know, it, it depends on how much you have. Right. The amount of interest that's building up, like right. it all goes back to planning too, right? On right. how much money am I losing by not paying it back quickly enough if I am generating interest and then yeah. the potential to earn back. Like, so for a business, yes, you may be more hesitant to start something because the stakes are maybe a little higher in terms of like mm-hmm. what your goals are. But if anything, then maybe you just spend more time researching, okay, like what can I expect to generate? Um, right. Can I kind of like bootstrap this along until I'm able right. to get some money, and then you know that growth is going to look different. But I think it all just comes back to like having a plan, and then also like if there's someone out there that is in a similar boat, or like kind of like what you right. like, if someone has a similar story to you and they're like wanting to start a similar thing, right. you know, hearing your story and how you did that, right. or if someone's wanting to start their own actual brick and mortar clinic, mm-hmm. like you're not the only person to have paid off debt or have for sure. Not the only one that has PT debt, like let's be real. That's a huge issue today um, with PT school and, and college debt. Um, But yeah, I think it's just more of like going back to that plan and and sticking to it too. So for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, what are three things that you're learning right now? I maybe not PT related, but could be anything in life. Yeah. It could okay. Be so, <laughs> <laughs> so well, two come to mind. Let's see if I can think of a third. All right. Um, so first there in general, I would say like our, our world is always just in a rush, like busy, 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 go, go, go all the time. Yes. Um, I think there are seasons where that is awesome. And I'm very much that person just naturally. I also think I do have a high capacity to do a lot of things. So that's helpful where I don't feel burnout out maybe as quickly as some other people, but I've been reading a book called the relentless elimination of hurry. Um, and it's a book that like so many people have recommended to me before. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll read it. Jeez. But anyway, I have given it to so many people since I started reading it. So it's really, I mean, it is a faith-based book. And so about how like it go, what's really cool is it goes through the history of how our society became the way it was, right? How so many different things that have been created have made things faster. And what was super interesting was that like, it was either, in, I think it was in 1960. So roughly in like 1960, they predicted by like 2010 or 2020 yeah. that we'd be working like 20 hours a week because we were going to be so efficient in everything that we did. Like the hope then was that this would allow us to have more time for friends, for family, for just yourself. And so- mm-hmm that's not what's happened. And, um, well, it's just been really good to like, I love what I do and there's just a lot of stimulus with it though. So like you're around a ton of people, you're talking all the time, there's music on, you're using your brain 24 seven. And so 
my really over the last like couple years, I find myself wanting the silence a lot more, Um, even just on something like driving home without anything on that's become something that I do all the time now. So I think one thing I'm learning is like, for me personally, like taking that concept for me personally is like, if I have a to-do list, which I always do, I don't have to do it all. Like I put a lot on myself to do a lot in a certain amount of time that no one else is putting the pressure on me for. Like I just do that on myself. And so I'm learning how to slow down and not put all that within one day. Um, And a lot of it is stuff that's good and stuff that I enjoy. It's not necessarily these terrible things, Yeah. but it's also more and more that's going to fill the space that takes away from friends and family. It takes away from my time with God in the morning because of distractions and things like that. And so that's one thing I've been learning. And that book is super good um, for anybody who's interested. Yeah, Yeah, it's super good. And it's really fun because the guy writes it almost like you're talking to him. Oh, so it's kind of like a, yeah, it's fun in that sense. So that's one thing. Um, and another thing I'm reading books, I guess, um, <laughs> that's good. Greg and I, yeah, Greg and I are, we haven't started this yet, but I'm worried we are when it gets here, but we're going to read a book that's called love and respect. So this is for anyone in a relationship or marriage and how men basically want respect the most and women want love the most, just kind of naturally in beings and who we are. Um, so I'm super excited to go through that. So just kind of learning how to better like love one another and serve one another in marriage. I'd probably say those are two big things that I'm learning right now. And then I guess a third, which is just to carry over onto this is like, we're debt free, which is awesome. But now our next goal is to buy a house. And so we're still living way below our means. We're still kind of doing almost the same that we are throwing uh-huh. to debt because our lives don't have to drastically change. Right. Um, but anyway, so that's the other thing is just the continued um, discipline and patience for the next kind of financial goal. That's so, yeah. Awesome. So do you guys have a thermometer for that? That would have been a great idea. We should. It's not yeah, great. We should. <laughs> so we basically like paid up free in May, middle of May, and we gave ourselves like a month to just be like, okay, you can buy the few things you've been holding off on and we were not going to really budget. And what's funny is like, that was really fun, but it, it almost because of the pattern and the the atmosphere we created around that, I didn't even want to do that very long. It was like, all right, that's good. Like I don't need all these things, right? They're just gonna fill, they're gonna fill and be something that I don't necessarily need. Um, but it was fun to like just not really worry about it for a month. And then we just kind of got back on track. We're st- we're way more lenient for sure because the debt's gone, yeah. but still taking a very large chunk and just kind of putting it to savings for a house. So that's we awesome. do not have a thermometer, but we'll see how it goes. You know how the housing market is right now, though. So yeah. Oh, but oh man. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be in the next couple months that we kind of initially start looking. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, any last like messages you want to say to people who are in debt or dealing with debt, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think the two things I feel like people. I kind of like reiterate a lot is one that like, again, the how is not complicated. It can just be you setting out a plan and it may not go perfectly because no one's plans ever go perfectly. Um, But it just is about consistency. And then two, like that there is no shame and guilt in that, right? Like whether your loan, whether your debt is from loans, whether it's from shopping, whatever it's from, like 
you don't have to have shame in that. And you can start today. It doesn't have to be, oh, I'll do it in New Year's, right? Like, why not today? Why not tomorrow? Like you can make progress in that, but you're going to need the accountability. You're going to need the plan, but just don't carry the shame with it because that'll keep you from keep having the conversation. So I think those are the two big things that like have really opened doors for people when they realize that they can do it, but they also don't have to have shame in it either. I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. Ah, So Alexis, how can people get in contact with you? Yeah. So probably the best way would just be through Instagram. So my Instagram is drdr.alexis.shoop and my last name is S-H-O-O-P-E. So um, I'm pretty active on that. My email's on there. If you have questions, mm-hmm. it's very physical therapy based, but there are a lot of debt resources on there as well. So that's something y'all are interested in either side of it. There's lots on there. So that'd probably be the easiest. Awesome. And I'll put the, your contact information in the show notes too. So that, awesome. um, for those of us who are visual, not very auditory, which would be ironic because <laughs> it is a podcast, right? But, yeah. um, any, either way, people will get a hold of you. And if you haven't seen her page, you definitely should. There's so much good, uh, good content on there. So definitely check it out. But like, thank you so much for, yeah. for talk. Like, I loved this. I like, I'm pumped and like, yeah, I think that's just going to help so many people. <laughs> and I know for those of you who are listening, like if you don't have the privilege of knowing her, Alexis is, she's very disciplined, but also very servant hearted. And if you need help with things like she, she reaches out and she's there. And so definitely follow her. Cause yeah, she's amazing as a, a being yeah. and as a physical therapist. So thank you so much for yeah. being here. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I'm super glad. It's fun. So Casey's awesome too. So you all get to find someone who's also really awesome. But thank you so much. I'm glad we got to do this. Alexis, you have a great rest of your day. And then, um, yeah, I'm sure we will chat again soon. And there we have it. Debt management. So don't underestimate the power of making a plan, sticking to it, finding accountability, and then also just managing your mindset to where you stay consistent and you get it done. You do not have to have debt for 10 years, 20 years. You can do this as a single, as a couple. It is hard, but it is something where people are doing it. So if this speaks to you, I would love to hear from you. You can reach it at ptsnackspodcast.com or find me on Instagram, ptsnackspodcast. Shoot me an email at ptsnackspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys. If you are currently in the fight to pay off debt, you've found some really cool ways to do so, um, or you've already done so, I would love to be able to share your story also so that other people can learn from you as well. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and until next time.